Hey there, Getting in the Loop listeners. Ever wondered what can be done in your industry to help create a more circular economy? I've put together a short ebook to help you navigate key circular trends in textiles and apparel, ICT and electronics, and packaging. And it includes links to related reports as well as relevant Getting in the Loop podcast episodes. It's yours to receive when you join up to our podcast newsletter at circularsectors.gettinginthelooppodcast.com. So head over to our website to get your copy of the Circular Sectors Navigator. That's again, circularsectors.gettinginthelooppodcast.com. Hi, I'm Katie Wellen, and join me each week as I talk with experts around the globe about circular economy. You'll find out what's being done to make it a reality, and if it can really solve the problems it promises. It's time for Getting in the Loop. When you think of circular economy, do you think it's a European-only movement, or is it a global movement? Today's podcast guest is here to tell us that it's not just Europe that's interested in circular economy. Umberto Olivio joins me on the podcast today, and he is organizing the hashtag Circular Next North America, which is a series of monthly events organized throughout 2020 with the aim to explore circular economy best practices in North America. In this episode, Umberto shares why he was motivated to start the Circular Next North America series and how you can get involved. You'll hear about topics previously covered in the series, including digitalization and circular economy in regions, and learn more about upcoming topics, including tourism, finance, and more. I'm really excited to welcome you to the Getting in the Loop podcast, Umberto. Thank you so much, Kathy. Really excited to be here. I'm very excited to, to have you on as well. And I, I think it's a little bit early morning for you. So I have to say thank you for uh, being here. Well, it's um, eight o'clock in Texas, Austin, Texas. So it's not that early. It's, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you about circular economy and, and what you've been doing in North America uh, and especially the circular next work that you've been doing. So maybe you could just give an introduction to Circular Next uh, North America to the listeners. Sure. So um, Circular Next North America is a series of um, now 18 expert panel discussions we, we put together around circular economy topics. And it runs from March. We had the first one last week, the kickoff. Um, uh, so it runs from March to October of this year. Uh, basically, the idea is to raise interest, awareness, and momentum towards the uh, World Circular Economy Forum, uh, which will be held in Toronto, Canada, uh, in September, from the 13th to the 15th of September. And Circular Next, you know, the panel discussions, they run from... Uh, technology and innovation, which is the one we had uh, last week, uh, to, you know, touching topics like gender inclusion, social issues, uh, education, the future of jobs, um, all the way to, you know, the future of supply chains and trade. Uh, we will also be, 
having a couple of discussions around startups and entrepreneurship, business, new business models around circularity, and um, also, for example, capital markets and uh, you know the financial side, how private equity investors can uh, help uh, or support uh, the circular economy transition. And um, yeah, many topics like uh, tourism, how can circularity help cities um, recover? So we're really excited. I think, um, you know, the circular economy touches every single aspect of our lives. And um, the idea with Circular Next is uh, create awareness around that, that so that circular economy is not recycling, right? <laughs> so uh, it's a really ambitious um, uh, series. So hopefully we'll make it all the way to September. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're 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 off to a great start. Uh, so I was lucky enough to actually be one of the moderators at the event uh, last week, and uh, it was so well put together. So I, I don't I'm not concerned about what's to come. I'm really looking forward to to them. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be great and such a wide range of topics. I think it's also going to be a really like, it's kind of like a crash course in circular economy for maybe many exactly people. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, COVID, I mean, the circular economy is not something new. It's been, you know, for many years, but I think um, COVID has really, you know, changed everything. Um, and the technology we have right now can really help scale circular economy models and solutions. So I think the timing is just perfect to, to just push the agenda and um, try to get all the topics out there that could be impacted by the circular economy. Yeah. So was that part of the reason that motivated you to start like the, the situation that we're kind of all now just stuck in our homes at, and that, you know, online learning is so accessible these days and we're all kind of used to that? Or was there another sort of trend or reason that you thought we need to do this circular next North America event series? Sure. So, um, yeah, one of the things was, was COVID uh, and, you know, the access for, you know, talk to everybody around the world, their own topics. It's very easy. Um, and then I think one important topic that motivated me to start this was um, also the change in uh, leadership, both in, well, in the US, of course, and uh, really strong efforts from Europe um, with, you know, the, the, uh, the Green Deal that has a strong circular economy action plan. So it's a, a really big issue for Europe. And now with new leadership in the US, I think um, the, the conditions are just right to start you know, talking back to our friends around the world and finding real solutions to real problems. As you probably know, we had a big wake up call in Texas a couple of weeks ago with really uh, freezing weather that we're not used to. And that, uh, you know, impacted the um, electric grid and we had energy shortages and water shortages. So I think it, it was a, 
a, a really big wake up call for everybody that you know climate change is real. We are in a crisis, um, and so I think um, the moment is right to okay stop and think how can we make things better, not just for the sake of it, but also it makes business sense to do things different. So yeah, that's that's those are some of the things that motivated me to to start these discussions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's the perfect timing, as you said as well, about the lead. Well, the change of uh, the, the leadership. change of leadership uh, in in my my home country, uh, and also in terms of uh, the lead up to the the World Circular Economy Forum North in North America, which was to be held in Toronto, um, but now I think is ma- mainly going to be digital, uh, of course. But um, yeah. So now, you know, you're talking to me at a time where there's only been one so far, but I know that you're also busy in the development plans for the events going forward. So what is one thing that you learned so far that you didn't know going into either the the planning of it, or it could be from last week's event as well? Well, um, I mean, like you mentioned, you just said, it's been like a crash course on the circular economy uh, with really interesting and expert people around the world. Uh, we had a really good um, lineup of speakers from the Nordics, as you well know. And um, so I have learned a lot. Uh, I'm learning every day about different topics around the circular economy. One of the things that are really interesting is um, how North America is open to this new, I would say, mindset. Uh, in the past, recent past, I would say, uh, when you, you know, talk to somebody about the circular economy, they will think just recycling. Um, I think being the U.S., such a huge country with so many resources, and in my case, Texas, you know, huge state with vast resources, we never thought things will run out. Um, so I don't think we had this mindset of, you know, really taking care of the environment or really being careful around resource use. Um, but now I think COVID was just um, shook everybody, not just because of the health issues and the economic issues, but I think it was a moment to rethink what are we doing or how are we doing things. So um, I think there's a lot of interest in North America to learn about you know, new models, new business models. I think North America, if we make the business and financial case for the circular economy, it's really you know, taking off uh, for what I've seen. Um, and also one of the interesting things uh, I've seen in, in these past weeks is the use of technology. So we've seen uh, not just waste management or recycling solutions, but the creation, for example, of uh, really big marketplaces uh, with the use of technology and marketplaces for resources. Um, there's a really interesting initiative. In It started in the Netherlands, but it's the um, EME, which is the um, Excess Materials Exchange, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but uh, it's basically the idea of giving 
each resource a passport and an identity so that you could you know, trace, uh, track every single resource, know about the life and the quality of that resource, how it's being used. And then uh, they created this marketplace where you can you know, exchange different resources with the certainty and the transparency of uh, you know, knowing uh, what's being the use of that resource. So I think uh, there's a lot of disruptive, really interesting models um, you know, coming out and, you know, every day. So I think it's really interesting times to be in the circular economy landscape. That's so funny that you mentioned the excess materials uh, exchange. I, we had Christian uh, on the podcast in one of the first episodes, I'm checking it was episode 18. So now we're on, I don't know, there's like over 60 episodes. And so it, he was even before we got to, before we got to 20 episodes. So I am pretty sure by now that was two years ago. So their business I'm sure has grown and changed significantly as well. Uh, but yeah, digitalization is is a, a massive enabler for circularity. Uh, and there's a lot of different opportunities for, for, for that. Yes, actually, they, they have uh, recently, they um, issued the, the first report around the EME. Um, I'm not sure if it was uh, late last year, but it was a, a really comprehensive report around the excess materials exchange. Really worth exploring because, uh, yeah, they've grown a lot. And you can see, you know, some marketplaces uh, popping up all over the world. For example, I was talking last week with uh, uh, these guys in, in Canada, in Montreal, and they have one called BizBiz, which is basically an, you know business-to-business -business industry marketplace where you can, not, not resources, but actually assets from the industry where you can, you know, if you have idle resources, somebody else can use them, so it's additional revenue for the owner of the asset and convenience for the user of that asset. So, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of different marketplaces popping up all over the world. I know that, well, at least from my understanding of you, you have an interest in, in startups and tech startups. Would that be a fair sort of also kind of maybe it's not just tech, but you have an interest in startups. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, we started, we've been having this uh, venture capital and private equity fund in Texas for, yeah, close to 15 years. Um, and we've been really involved in, we started with, with clean uh, energy. Uh, so getting really involved in technology for the energy transition that eventually took us to clean tech in general. And now um, I think there's a really big and growing ecosystem around circular economy technology. Um, and that's what I think gets really excited because um, when you start looking at some of the solutions and startups, uh, and, and you, you've interviewed a lot of them, um, and I think entrepreneurs, when they see the solution and how it is linked to the circular economy, that's where you have the aha moment. No, and they go like, oh, okay, now I, I get how I can make a lot of money 
and do good, right? So I think there's um, there's a big trend, um, at least in the in the US, um, starting with startups and having that mindset around circularity. Are there any that have inspired you or that you have your eye on? Well, um, yeah, I think for me personally, going back to the marketplaces, I think uh, that's the way to go because that's, you know, when you get the network effects, when you can scale really big. And so you can see different type of marketplaces like the ones we just mentioned. But for example, in Austin, there's one that's around uh, also use of um, recycled materials. So in the past, it you know it was really local and small, and it was basically the the neighborhood uh, you know trying to explore how could we use each other uh, waste. But now with technology, you can really scale that up. So that's what I see lots of opportunities, and that also links to collaboration. So collaboration, open source technology, marketplaces. I think that's where you can see uh, scale for the circular economy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that was also what I found interesting about the the um, EME. Is that what it's called? E- EME, yeah. yeah, Access Materials yeah, EME, Exchange. The EME. Uh, and that was um, because they also they weren't just sort of that normal like neighborhood kind of material exchange. It had also uh, like quantification related to how much you saved related to reusing materials and environmental benefits and things like that. So that kind of like, for lack of a better word, unique selling point of kind of this uh, materials marketplace, uh, that's what sort of, that makes it interesting. And that's what makes it uh, not your neighborhood backyard right. trading place. Yeah. No, and I, and I think, you know, you have interesting and really impactful uh, things happening, for example, from procurement and public policy, like the one, you know, in Europe just a couple of weeks ago, where you have, you need for every electronic um or all electronics, you, as, as the um, producer of those items from a, a dishwasher to a cell phone, you need to have a 10 year warranty, if you will, that you can repair that item. So, and, and that's by law. So I think you will see, we will see a lot of changes in how things are produced uh how they are repaired i think there there will be a a big trend on repairing stuff because by law you need to repair them as as the producer um and then one big thing that's going to impact the circular economy is um for example we just had a couple of weeks well in february 24th president biden signed an executive order for a comprehensive review of uh, critical U.S. supply chains. So all the procurement and all the supply chains 
for you know specific uh, industries like semiconductor, like batteries, like um, you know all the strategic materials for, for in this case the U.S. are going to be reviewed and uh, reviewed in terms of assessments for um, you know uh, how is it going to impact a new event like COVID? Mm -hmm. Are we resilient in terms of our national security because you know the supply chain is, is going to be disrupted so i think there's going to be a really big trend in the short term on you know shortening the supply chains trying to make things more local so yeah the i think the market is going to be really disrupted around uh, you know supply chains procurement from governments and that's where I see huge opportunities for the circular economy. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, seen some of the weak linkages uh, in these supply chains, as you said, through the COVID uh, crisis. And I know that the U.S. had done work prior to the, the previous leadership related to, you know, critical materials i think that's what they call them in in uh, in the us yeah. and in in europe we call them critical raw materials and uh, every comp every country has like kind of their own list of which ones they think are relevant to them but basically it comes down to which ones have economic importance and which ones have supply risk associated to them as you mentioned like what's needed in for example, electric car batteries or uh, in semiconductors or things like that. So um, yeah, I, if, if this is a new topic for those listening, who you want to find out a little bit more, I actually recommend episode one. Uh, why? I don't know why I keep wow. having everyone go back to like all of these old episodes, but, uh, but this one was about very like basic introduction into critical raw materials. And there are other episodes on the podcast that talk about supply chains as well. So I can try to find those and link there. But I think what you said, of course, you know, Umberto is really interesting because this gives the circular economy initiative within North America. Now we're, we're kind of talking about the U S but in the U S it gives it new, new footing to stand and say, yeah, actually, this is something we need to to go for, depending on what comes out of those uh, reports, I guess. Right. Well, and, and and you know, we've seen, for example, the pharmaceutical uh, supply chains. So, for example, a lot of the vaccines are not developed, fabricated, produced in India, and so you know, it's you know, on the other side of the world. So how is that going to affect, for example, vaccination, right? If, if something happens uh, and disrupting that supply chain. So I think there's a really scary call to action uh, to, okay, so how can be, we be more uh, resourceful locally? And that is going to trigger a lot of you know, local initiatives. Now you have... Uh, for example, the, the automotive industry. Now you can have a 3D printer locally instead of waiting for the spare part coming from Germany. You can just, you know, 3D print it yourself. So I think there will be a huge explosion on local um, circular economy solutions uh, covering global, um, 
you know, ways of doing things will become more local. So I think that's where a lot of opportunities will arise. Yeah. It's also interesting for larger corporations, like how do you incorporate this global sort of global network, but then these local these local initiatives as well as like how this kind of at what level do we do global what level do we do local and how do those two interact that's quite an interesting question to take forward exactly and i think there's also a big interest uh on the side of uh, local governments and municipalities and cities because this can really help you know local economic development and the creation of jobs locally so I think there's a real, uh, you know, economic case or business case to be made around the circular economy right now, where, you know, major city officials, uh, chambers of commerce, local chambers of commerce are like, okay, so how is this circular economy going to help me? And, and I think there's, they are embracing this with open arms in terms of like, okay, let's explore what can we do around circularity that has a real short, um, you know, really fast local impact for economic development. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, uh, I was on a previous uh, new episode recording and we were talking about cities. And one of the things was that the city is a major employer a lot of times. So you have, you know, the police officer who is uh, working there and the firefighter and the doctors and nurses, depending on, of course, which construction may be more in Europe rather than in <laughs> than in the States. But uh, there are, you know, these different constructions for 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 who is part of the city. And it is a potential job opportunity, uh, especially for cities right now, uh, if they have um, been hit with uh reduce budgets and things like that, depending on what, if, uh, if, for example, we were talking about Prague and Prague is a very big tourist city, but now of course they've had no tourists. So they're just sort of bleeding money at this point. Um, so it's kind of this, this trade-off between now needing to, uh, unfortunately, uh, downsize, uh, the employee, the employees for the cities, but what if you can have circular opportunities to bring those jobs back? So it's a, it's a, it's a very, yeah, it's a very big changing time and, and a big kind of, as you said, like an aha moment, a little bit of a wake up call for us about, okay, so we've had a little bit of time to, to get over the initial shock of the COVID-19 situation maybe, and, and take a breather and kind of think about what, what we actually want to do going forward. And speaking of going forward, I'm curious to hear which circular next event are you most looking forward to now i know it's hard probably for you to choose <laughs> yeah. because you're so involved in the organization and you you've you know been part of basically setting everything setting thing everything up but um yeah is there one that you have that you want to specifically talk about or that you think uh, maybe you don't know the most so that's why you're actually uh you know I, for, I i can i can start actually one of them for me is about the tourism because you have one about tourism and it kind of links into what i was talking about with with the prog example as well but um 
when I was having that discussion uh, with Wojciech, who, uh, who I was talking to with the, the progs, uh, he, I was thinking, I don't really know that much about like circular economy and tourism. Uh, you know, we talk about construction, we talk about digital digitalization, we talk about all these different topics, but tourism is something that's kind of like slipped my mind. So that's, that's something that I am kind of interested. And maybe do you know a little bit about how that event's going to be framed or? Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm really excited about because at the beginning when I was thinking of okay, circular economy for tourism, I was struggling a little bit about, okay, how will a circular economy model fit into tourism? But if you look at, for example, all the supply chains in the industry, in the tourism industry, where you have not just the, um, you know, all the service providers from um, tour operators, uh, car rentals. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's huge. It's one of the largest or more complex supply chains in an industry or, or, or a really complex industry. So uh, again, I think technology can help a lot. And when you start, you know, the sharing economy, you know, basically when you have a tour operator or, you know, a boat operator, depending on, on the tourism uh, destination, I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to basically share resources. Uh, and that could be, you know, from the city, from the chambers, from the hotels and restaurants or operators. Um, one of the things I, I saw in actually uh, in Slovenia, which they are doing really interesting stuff, um, was, for example, uh, it, it's it, it was like a card, I think, it, I don't know the name, what the name was, but it was like a COVID card to promote local tourism. So they will give X amount of, let's say, euros for uh, locals to spend in local uh, businesses, right? But that card could, um, it, it was all digital and it's a way of directing flows. So for example, if a beach was really crowded, um, the car that was worth 300 euros could be worth 400 euros if you, will, if you go to another beach. And that was with blockchain technology. So we'll, you, you will be incentivizing people to go to different places because then the car will be uh, worth more or you could spend more if you will go to a different place or a different attraction or a different, you know, um, or a different restaurant. So th that was, I think, a great instrument to, you know, direct flows of tourists. Um, so I think uh, technology will make really easy for, you know, direct flows, incentivize tourism locally. Because I think that's going to be another trend. We will start seeing tourism more, more local, less global. Um, but um, yeah, I think sharing resources and making resource, local resources more efficient with technology, uh, obviously that, that has a big impact on the use of resources and uh, the circular economy. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. We're going to have people from, um, Spain, as you know, Spain is a huge, huge tourist destination. Um, and uh, of course, Canada and the US. 
and uh, yeah, explore how technology can help uh, build tourism in a different way. Because I think, yeah, it's, it's going to look really different than what we used to. When, what month is that uh, session in? Uh, tourism is, is June 8th. Okay. Yeah, so just before summer. Just before summer, when everyone has... Uh, exactly. uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we will hopefully get the attention of, of some destinations uh, that want to do something around tourism because, yeah, it's one of the industries most impacted by COVID. So. Yeah, well, uh, well, you know, the new leadership has said that that uh, by by July, right, then uh, everyone in the U.S. who wants a vaccine will at least have been able to have one dose or something right. like that. So, yeah, but um, so I wanted to ask you the question that I ask all of the Getting in the Loop podcast guests, which is about the in the loop board game that I created uh, where you're a product producing company and you have to travel around the board to produce your products. And in order to produce products, you first have to collect materials. And there's different events in the game that, yeah, they, they, they encourage you to think about circular solutions and rethink how you use materials because there's often a lot of, uh, challenges related to acquiring these materials. So it, they'll come in the form of the events of cards and the event cards can either help you or hinder you from getting materials and things like that. Uh, they also change the, the state of the game. So yeah, the market conditions kind of change in, in the game. So my question, Umberto, is if you could create an event for the In The Loop board game, what kind of topic focus would you have for the event? Well, uh, that's a great question and, and I love the game. But I was thinking of a real one developing right now, which is government procurement. So what happens if, if all of a sudden, let's say the US government or Europe says, okay, you need 50% of recycling or used materials as a component of your new product and um, you will not be allowed to enter the market or you won't be allowed to bid for a you know, government contract if you don't comply with that. And that could be really from one day to the other because we, we saw that with COVID. From one day to the next, borders were you know, closed and you couldn't travel. Um, so what happens if, if you have an event like that when government says, okay, 50% needs to be local, uh, resource uh, component from you know reused or recycled materials. What will happen to you know the supply chain? What will happen to your product? Are you flexible and agile enough to okay do the you know be local and, and get your local recycling or reuse materials? Um, so. Maybe that could be an event. So the government pushes for 50% local recycling or not local, recycle or reuse materials. So how do you, uh, what's the proof for that? So that's when technology, I think, comes handy, no? that you can actually show in a trust way that 50% of your product is from recycling or reuse materials. Yeah. 
so if the government just changes the, the rules in that sense, it's you're in or out. Yeah, they just rewrite the rule, rules like that. Exactly. Yeah, you would have to, I mean, as you said, the technology would definitely be a way to to measure measure it, right? Because you'd need some sort of way to be able to enforce and quantify and yep. prove that you have, you know, 50% recycled content in, in this product. And then the other thing that I was thinking about, it would, it would, what would that do for the material supply chains? Because I think there would be a huge demand now in recycled material, uh, which I, I hear from people who come on the Getting in the Loop podcast in the past about how, yeah, how secondary raw materials, they're not as, uh, yeah. not as, you know, uh, competitively priced as uh, new materials and things like that. So uh, that would definitely be a, a game changer. Because at, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, market supply and demand. If, if there's a stronger demand for reuse recycled materials because of the government uh, procurement rules, then, you know, the price goes up, new solutions will emerge, startups will start looking at how can we make money from, you know, this uh, so-called waste, which is not waste anymore, it's just gold. Um, so I think that could be a really big game changer. Yes. Well, it's been such a pleasure coming, having you come on the podcast, Umberto, and telling us about what's happening in North America and your circular next North America event series. And where can listeners go to find out more about you and the, the event series? Thank you so much, Katzi. Yeah, it was, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I mean, you, you can find me directly on, on LinkedIn, Humberto Olivo. Um, you can also find information around Circular Next, the series and the content at the, the thetexasproject.com. And uh, on Twitter, uh, we're at innovationtx, as in Texas, innovationtx. Um, and we use the hashtag Circular Next North America series. So you can find all about the series and the projects we're, um, you know, in, in, the, in the coming months, we'll have a bunch of different initiatives and projects around the circular economy for North America. So very excited. Thank you so much for having me and um, hope to continue the discussions. Yes, I do too. And I hope that uh, many of the listeners tune in and check out the events. The previous events are also recorded. Is that the, yeah, so anyone can watch the previous events as well. Correct. Yes, and they are open and free events for anybody interested in the circular economy. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Let me know what you thought by leaving me a voice message, and maybe you will appear on the next Getting in the Loop episode. Head over to the show notes to find out how to leave a message. You can also leave a message on the Getting in the Loop LinkedIn page. Just head over to LinkedIn and search for Getting in the Loop podcast.